And welcome back to everybody's favorite Frogcast, Channel R-I-B-B-I-T. I'm Tyler Green, and yeah, that really hurt to say. I'm not even going to lie. I'm Kirk Kit the Frog 07. I don't have a clever pun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Randy, and I don't care if it's not winter, I'm shutting down my entire body and hibernating for half this year. (laughs) Also, you can't see it, but we all painted ourselves green for this episode. Huzzah! This is toxic paint! My skin burns so bad! Yeah, your your skin is falling off, Randy. I am seeing that, so... You know what? It's okay. I've been getting tired of having skin anyway. Oh, that's fair. You deserve skin. <laughs> oh, I've completed my Gamora slash she mask slash insert green girl character here. Slash Ivy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> also, they're all frog girls now because why not? <laughs> Yay! So let's bring our guest in. You know her as the co-host of the Land Before Timeland podcast. You know her from the band Inkblot. And you know her from the Twitter feed, at Friendly Catwife. Please welcome Madeline May. Yay! 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 Hi! You did this to me! (laughs) Oh no, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Randy bites sometimes. Oh no. I have to hold her back. That's fair. Yeah. For sure. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm I'm very <laughs> excited to be here. Yeah, it's oh, great it's to have pleasure. you. Yeah, Thank we're you. Having... Yeah. We're excited. So question, is this movie or all of the land before time sequels combined better? What a question. Combined? Because <laughs> some of the Land Before Time movies are definitely worse than others. True, true. <laughs> Kit, what you're asking is, would you rather go to the Iraq War or fight both world wars at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> what an analogy. This is a very powerful <laughs> podcast you'll have here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so as you could probably tell at this point, which if you can't tell, I don't blame you. We are talking about the movie Freddy the Frog, also known as Freddy is F-R-O-7. So, what is everyone's relationship with this movie? I had seen a couple of reviews of this movie before. One of the biggest ones that stands out in mind is Animate Ball's review of it from back in 2016. And somehow, even minus that, I completely forgot everything about this movie. And uh, I can kind of see why. (laughs) It's one of those movies that's very infamous around the animation community, I've noticed. I don't think I've ever heard of Animate Ball before, but when I first heard Animate, I'm like, is that like Animat's Australian twin? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he's a, well, sadly now former YouTube creator as he's decided to quit YouTube for mental health, he said, but he did a lot of great cartoon reviews and he also used to go by Mobro Studios and he was responsible for Skellington's Revenge, that really great YouTube poop. One of the greatest YouTube poops out there, in my opinion. That is amazing. A masterpiece. (laughs) Mad fucking underrated. I still think you can't get better than Dinner Blaster. So yeah, he made a review of this movie, and he really went into detail on why it didn't work. And apologies if I parrot him at points while talking about this, but man, this movie gave me a lot to talk about, and uh, not in the way that I wanted to. (laughs) So I have next to no recollection of this movie at all. The extent of my relationship with it is that when I used to lurk on the channel Awesome Forms back in, say, 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. a lot of people were requesting that the Nostalgia Critics should review this movie. And looking back, this is something he would probably look back on circa 2008, 2009. And yeah, that's really my relationship with this movie. <laughs> This never showed up when I was a kid. Um, I think I remember maybe on YouTube seeing like a trailer for it in a VHS intro or something. I guess the song that the villain sings is that one villain song in every fucking Pooh's adventure video ever made. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck? I was watching this today because I'm a last minute bitch and I heard the song and I'm like, wait a minute. This is the one from all the Pooh's adventures where they would make, like, angry video game nerd a villain. (laughs) Side note, Last Minute Bitch is the name of my Dua Lipa tribute band. (laughs) (laughs) What is Pooh's adventure? What is You don't know? 
Oh God! Oh my You're, God! Consider God. yourself lucky. Oh. So, <laughs> Pooh's adventure is how back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of the only ways you could watch like full movies on YouTube. The trade-off, however, was that these people would just that was called Pooh's adventure because they would insert like into it with random clips and use like Windows Movie Maker subtitles on random bits of silent clips to like make them a part of it but they would never have just Pooh in it they would have like every cartoon character known to man if you can think of a cartoon character they're in a Pooh's adventure <laughs> so this is like old internet kind of stuff then. Yep. yeah okay. like 2012 2013 era internet Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you could expect to see a lot of My Little Pony characters. It was oh, that point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably too old <laughs> when these things <laughs> came out. Well, I'm a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. I love that franchise, so I'm just oh, surprised I've never heard of this. <laughs> then you know what, Madeline? You would love his many adventures in such movie as Looks at Smudge Writing on Hand. The Toxic Avenger? What the fuck? A troll uh, in Central Park. <laughs> this sounds incredible. I'm going to have to find this Pooh's adventure once I'm done <laughs> with this podcast. Yeah. I'm not joking, by the way. Pooh's Adventures of the Toxic Avenger is the first one I've ever seen. And I think it's still <laughs> out there. I got to look. Oh, my God. It's, are these on, like, YouTube or whatever? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. This was like a whole thing on YouTube. I know there were some creators who would like sometimes even put themselves in the video and they would ship themselves with the characters. Some of those characters being children. I'm looking this up. It has its own uh, fandom wiki. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. This... (laughs) 61,240 pages. In <laughs> Basically, think Kingdom Hearts, but if it was made by the people who made CDI Zelda. <laughs> when you walk away. I'm just looking at these thumbnails, and it's making me have, like, PTSD to that era of YouTube, for sure. <laughs> I, like, actually remember, they would have all cartoon characters, or sometimes even, like, live-action people as the protagonists, but I remember there would be some where it's like, first of all, with the villains, it's the same thing. Every villain character ever made their edit. Mm-hmm. But some of them in the lineup of villains that they would all just place, like, random clips of them to Evil Mania... Um, sometimes the nostalgia critic and the angry video game nerd would be villains. (laughs) What the fuck? I don't know why. Maybe they got mad or something that Doug made fun of a movie they liked. Yeah, wouldn't be the only thing. Well, that's prophetic. Uh... Doug Walker being the villain. Who would have thought? My history of this film is fascinating. As you could probably guess, because I basically requested this episode from you all. So thank you again for letting a lot of podcasts to talk about this this movie. (laughs) I'll Uh, never be clean again. (laughs) So this movie came out in 1995, I believe. So I was like five or six when this video came out and my parents got it for me at the store. I don't remember why. I think we're at like a Target or something. And I just liked that there was a frog on the cover because I liked frogs back then. (laughs) So I asked my parents to get it for me. I watched it, and I kid you not, I must have watched this film 1,000 times as a child. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. Like, you know how kids love watching, like, the same thing over and over and over again? Yeah, yeah. Lion King 2. This was that movie for me. Like, if you ask my parents today to name the one movie I watched all the time as a kid, they would say Freddy the Frog without hesitation. That's how often I watch this. And... I never really understood why, because I watched it again, not just for this podcast, but a few years back, I rewatched it because nobody had seemed to ever heard of this movie except for me. And that's when I discovered, oh, this is like the worst thing I've ever seen. This is an awful movie. (laughs) But like, (laughs) as a child, I was obsessed with this movie. And I've had to do some soul searching as to why, because it's not like my parents were terrible. Like they bought me real movies too, like Aladdin and and shit, you know? (laughs) So it's not like, it's not like I was in a household where we only had one video and it was Freddy the Frog. I just chose of my own will. Like 
I'm sure my parents are like, oh, are you sure you don't want to watch like Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King? I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. Just put on Freddy the Frog again. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, this isn't the worst thing you could show your kid, but why would you show this to your kid? Well, it's also just not a good movie. Like, I think we'll talk more about that as it goes on, but I've been struggling to understand what about this film captivated me so much, and I discovered an answer. So let's go back in time. Paint that picture. <laughs> Insert harp sound effect here, yeah. Five or six-year-old Madeline is feeling like there is something uh, not quite right with her. She's understanding that something is not adding up or fitting together with her life. So all of a sudden, she stumbles upon a movie that's literally about a young boy turning into a frog and just living their life like that. And something about that just like triggered something in her and she could not get enough of that. And that's what I look back on. Like, it sounds oh. so fucking stupid to say out loud, but I really think watching this film was like an early Rand's egg moment for me. Oh, that's Yes, nice. that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, because when I was like five or six, I had no concept of gender or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So I didn't know yet that I was wanted born a woman. I didn't know any of these things about myself yet, but I knew I didn't like who I was okay. and I wanted to be something different. So at that time, I latched on to animation and, and stories where a person would become something else, you know, like either an animal or something. I, I mean, it wasn't really like a furry, like feeling thing to me. It was more like I just wanted to be anything else but myself. And this kind of goes along to another movie I would watch constantly as a kid, uh, which was Rockadoodle. Ooh, oh, yeah, gosh, yes. <laughs> An another one we need to talk about. Yeah. Yes. A batshit insane, not great movie, but it's similarly about a young boy who transforms into a cat and goes through the adventure. So like all of the things I loved had like this theme around them. And I remember that as a kid, I liked Freddy the Frog more than Rockadoodle. And it was because at the end of Rockadoodle, the, the spoilers for fucking Rockadoodle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Apologies to the five people who haven't seen Rockadoodle yet. Yeah, if you haven't Darn gone it. around to watching the bottom of Don Bluth's mid-period film, uh, Rock, <laughs> Rockadoodle, um, sorry. Oh, no worries. At the end of the movie, the, the boy turns back into a boy. And I remember being, like, so pissed off about that. Yeah, that is kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I was like, no, why would you go back to being a, a human boy? You should stay as a cat forever. I'm, like, angry at this movie. And so, right? like, that's why I liked Freddy the Frog, because he was a frog, and I thought frogs were the best things ever. I, I still do. Frogs are rad. And also, yeah. like, he stays a frog throughout the entire movie. I'm like, well, this rocks. I want to be a fucking magic frog. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, it would only take uh, 25 years later for me to, <laughs> to discover, oh, okay, that's why I'm having all of these thoughts about everything. That's yes, really wholesome. That is so like cool, that. though. It's amazing the stuff that goes by us as kids and it sits in the back of our heads and we can't mm -hmm. explain why. And then when we get older, we're like, oh, okay. Exactly. Because yeah, like this film is, I think, kid friendly and the fact that it's very flashy. There's always a lot of colors and things going on. It, it moves way too fast. When you're a child, you don't really pay attention too much with plot and things like that. You just kind of like the pretty pictures of things going on. Again, like I had very little understanding what the actual plot of this film was as a kid. So what you're telling me is like, this is the 90s version of Coco Melon? <laughs> uh, again, I'm feeling super old with all these references. <laughs> I just don't get. Trust me, if, if you don't know what Coco Melon is, I envy you so much. But <laughs> is that like one of those um like Baby Shark or like refrigerator yeah. song? P okay, for sure. Yep. Elsa like swallowing Spider Man and getting pregnant. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I know you're yeah. Every fucking toddler in a restaurant has to listen to at top volume on your iPad. It's yeah. basically okay. it's basically yes. go right. animate for babies. You can tell I don't have any children because I don't know what any of this stuff is. <laughs> Going back to what you mentioned about how he stays a frog at the end. Yeah, initially I I misremembered this movie being like a frog prince style movie where he was changed into a frog and the whole movie is about him trying to go back. But it is like 
Yeah, kind yeah. Of, but also, yeah. like, not. It's so, like, even though I told you, like, a super personal story about, like, my trans journey, like, this movie is bad. Like, I, we're going to talk about how horrible this film is. Like, so don't feel like you have to sugarcoat anything for me, even though I had this very strangely personal experience with this movie. It's not good. I do not get it. <laughs> <laughs> We can say that Freddy the Frog did one good thing. Yeah, exactly. It helped a young egg discover herself. All right, now time to be merciless. You know, I feel kind of bad because I found out that the creator of this movie, he made these stories initially because he loved telling them to his kids, Mm -hmm. and that's a very wholesome fact. They kind of do read, like, stories you make up to your kid, though, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, it definitely has that, like, uh, well, once there was a magic frog, and then he became a secret agent. And, uh, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's like the Adam Sandler kind of bedtime story. Oh, my God. One quick bomb I gotta drop because... Because holy hell, the level of no escape with this fact. Oh my fucking god. So according to Wikipedia, this movie held the record of the lowest grossing animated film at the US Mm -hmm. box office until The Ten Commandments in 2007. Not only also starring Ben Kingsley, yes, he's in this movie, Mm -hmm. it also has Alfred Molina in it. (laughs) And it's written by Ed Naha, a.k.a. the creator of Honey, oh, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV yeah. series. Yes! <laughs> yes! It's actually the third lowest, uh, Freddy, Freddy oh, the Frog, because really? oh, yeah. another film that same year came out that also was a box office bomb, Delgo, also from 2009. Oh, that oh, wow. fucking movie. Oh, I Which, remember yeah. that. I just see this picture and I'm like, this seems like a thing I saw a trailer for. Uh, Yeah. Well, real quick, I want to talk about the distribution of this movie because... Oh my God, it's fascinating. Yeah. So originally (laughs) this movie was published by Miramax Films here in America. It came out a week after its release in the UK on August 28th, 1992. And it was originally given a G rating, but was later re-rated to PG due to complaints by parents in regards to Double Enchandra's and racially sensitive elements. Oh my god, we'll we'll, we'll go into oh it dear. because the original cut is like insane. It's bad. Like the original cut is like legitimately a worse movie. As the foremost Freddy the Frog scholar in the world, let me go into the insane history of this movie. Info dump. Info <laughs> dump. Info dump. So from what I can understand, there's not a ton of information out about this film. It seems like they really expected this film to be like a Disney killer. They thought that this was going to be like Britain's big entry point into 2D animation. Like there was a lot of press and publicity for this in the UK and other places as well, because they really thought like they had like a Beauty and the Beast or whatever in their pocket. This? Which is why like somebody like Sir Ben Kingsley ended up starring in this because there was that idea of like, this is going to put UK animation on the map. People really believe that about this film, even though there are a lot of signs that that was not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) For one thing, the director and writer, the kind of main creative force behind this film, as far as I know, has not done anything else. And I do not understand where this man came from. Because when you look at his IMDb page, it is only Freddy the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, John Svisky did not do anything else except this film. So it makes me wonder how he got the job as a director of this film and also a writer and producer when it seems like there is no other credits of this man that I can find. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. His IMDb is literally just a poster of Freddy the Frog and no other films. So what oh. you're saying is that he's a cryptid. He's a cryptid, yeah. <laughs> Which is why probably a lot of cryptids feature in this film. Uh, he just got his <laughs> friends to, to hang out with him. Yeah, so he made this movie, again, like based off stories he told his kid. There is this idea that this was going to be a big hit, so they pushed it. Um, it, it, it did not happen. Uh, even though he got like basically a who's who of like the English theater scene. Like Brian real- Blessed, for starters. Insane names. Like, names that should not be in this movie. And James Earl Jones. Who is not in the original version. That We'll get to that in a minute. He was added for the American release. Also, I'm probably wrong here, but the female newscaster early in the movie, was she voiced by Dame Judi Dench? No, she is not in this film. Uh, unfortunately, no. Good on Dame Judi Dench. <laughs> 
job. Stick with Spaceship Earth. <laughs> uh, but we have like names like Jonathan Price again, like a star of the stage. Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, like if you look at all of these people that voice it, you get like Shakespearean actors and like all of these like really like well known people. It's absolutely fascinating. This film was a, a huge box office flop. All the critics were uh, quite mean to it. Famous critic Charles Solomon. Uh, if you if you know critics, he's famous. Said this twenty one gun stinker makes Saturday morning television look good, which is kind of a shitty thing to say. Saturday morning cartoons are pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, he also says the improbable story is so full of gaps, it's difficult to believe writer producer director John Asvisky ever read his own screenplay. That I can kind of believe. What are they gonna put on the VHS tape? Because every VHS animated film I can think of. Even if it's critically panned, can find something positive to put on the video cover. I'm looking at a picture of the Freddy the Frog video cover on Google Images. Mm -hmm. There's no reviews on it. Gee, wonder why. It's just whatever the studio (laughs) said. I still, to this day, own a copy of that video. It will never leave me. Unless it's somehow worth money someday, then I'm selling it instantly. But until then, (laughs) I am keeping it. I think Uh, even Gordy... If I remember that one nostalgia critic review correctly, that pig movie Gordy was pretty panned, but they took like one positive-ish sounding thing from Roger Ebert panning it, and they slapped it on the VHS cover. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even find anything like that. A quick side note is that I know that they only distributed the American cut that they made in 1995, but... Man, Universal had some bad luck with animation. It was like the last thing they were able to make was The Land Before Time. And then from then on, most of their animated movies were flops until like Curious George, if I'm not mistaken. One of my favorite things uh, upon re-watching this movie is that at the beginning of the film, it says like a groundbreaking animated feature for you or something like that. (laughs) It's like the film is advertising itself while oh, you're watching no. the movie. <laughs> it's an amazing fantasy of a new kind. <laughs> yes. And it is a sad day when your movie has to pat itself on the back right when you start it. Madeline, you just got Mandela affected by Freddy the fucking frog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or I just didn't pay that much attention to this box art. I mean, that is pretty much where Mandela effect comes from, so... It comes from Freddy the Frog, yeah. Um, at least that from what I from what I remember, Mandela Effect was about how Freddy the Frog, um, aka Joseph Mandela, uh, died in prison. Right? That's where the term Mandela Effect comes from. This movie, Freddy the Frog. I know they just distributed the movie in 1995, but it's kind of funny to me that Universal is just had so many animation bombs throughout the 90s. Like, right after The Land Before Time, it seems like they never had another hit. Like, We're Back flopped, and then there was a couple of other films in between, and... Did Balto not do well? I think Balto, like, killed it in VHS sales, but as far as theater sales, yeah, no. Yeah, once Don Bluth broke away from uh, Amblin, all of his stuff started going downhill, and all of, like, Universal stuff started going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them really recovered. Like, I would say Land Before Time is Don Bluth's, like, last great movie. I think those first three, like, Secret of Nim, American Tale, and Land Before Time are, like, three of the greatest animated films, like, ever. I, yes. I rank them really highly. But after that, you get, like, what, like, All Dogs Go to Heaven, you get... Um, fucking rocket dude. <laughs> besides, again, besides being a, an important film to the trans community, was not that successful. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm a fully. <laughs> Plus, when Universal canceled Emblemation, they canceled that really cool looking Cats movie. So instead, we got Cats 2019 years later. Thanks, Universal. Uh, 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 we we did get uh, Cats Don't Dance, which has nothing to do with any of this. It's just a lot of movies called Cats, is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that was Warner Brothers, but yeah. <laughs> Cats Don't Dance. They literally just hired like the effects artist from Aladdin, just gave him a movie, which is insane. It shows you how crazy the times were back then. Hell yeah. Wait. Why is it called Cast Don't Dance? The cast are dancing all over the place. You see? Clearly, you don't understand. It's 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 a reference to uh, old Hollywood, much like the movie itself is a poorly constructed uh, metaphor. Like 
you just can't do correct animation metaphors. I don't I don't know why it just doesn't work. Apparently, you can't just put cats and animals in a film and say, "Oh, this is black people in Hollywood." It's the same thing. Uh, like, no, nah, it's it's yeah. really it's really not. No, you, it's not. You can just <laughs> say racism exists. You don't have to keep making movies comparing black people to animals, dude. Okay, well let let's get into this movie because there's so much to talk about. And for, for those of you who don't know, Freddy the Frog is a recut to try and make off some kind of money from the poison that was Freddy as FRO7, one of which being changing the title. I don't know why Freddy as FRO7 just rolls off the tongue so naturally. Like a human being would just say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I've seen both versions of this film. I'll talk about some of the changes that they made. Um, because they cut like 20 minutes out of this film. They re-edited a bunch of things around to try and make it make more sense. And um, all of the changes work. If there's any video editors out there or future inspiring editors, watching both versions is fascinating because you realize like how much did not need to be in that original version. I'm surprised Garrett Gilchrist hasn't gotten on that yet. Just doing an ultimate cut of this movie. Yeah. Not that he should, but... This is as close to an ultimate cut, trust me. Anyway, so this film, as all great films do, uh, start with an advertisement, like we said before. (laughs) (laughs) And then plays um, a a bunch of uh, just, just paintings... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the painting, countryside. Yeah, paintings over a song by George Benson and Patty Austin. I'm gonna be honest, I skipped the entire intro because, like, fair. It's oh my so god, boring. <laughs> when I realized one minute in that this is gonna be a long one, I was like, yeah, I'm skipping this. It's not worth it. <laughs> That oh song my God. was it's, 20 minutes long, I swear. <laughs> it's so boring. It's like the worst kind of like Don Bluth ending song. I mean, Don Bluth's going to come up a lot <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. For his bad movies, they always end with like the worst power ballad kind of song. And this is like the worst example. This song is so boring. I just, you fall asleep like it, watching yeah, it. Yeah, it almost fucking put me to sleep. It it set the vibe perfectly for this movie. Big Carolot vibes. The only thing that really keeps you awake is just seeing like the insane names attached to this film. Like Sir Ben Kingsley, who plays Grown Up Freddy and all those other people. A very strange selection of musicians in this. We got Asia. We got Grace Jones. Boy George. I don't know how they conned Grace Jones into being in this. I'm actually very pissed off that, yeah. that they made her be. Grace Jones is way too good for this film. Oh, my fucking God. Grace Jones just should have done what she fucking did in that fucking uh, James Bond movie that she was in and just pushed Freddie out of an airplane or something. To be fair, though, her song is easily the best song in the film. Well, yeah, it is. Anyway, when the song finally mercifully ends, it opens up with the smooth baritone voice of James Earl Jones narrating about a magical land known as France. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it literally says, Once upon a time, there was a young boy named Frederick who lived in the country of France. He was a prince, and his father was a magical king. Which makes Freddy's father the magical king of France, which is beautiful. A movie with James Earl Jones where it's about the main character having a parental Mm -hmm. backstory. Do you wonder Mm -hmm. where that's from CNN? (laughs) There once was a boy named Frederick. Legend says he was a little lad who loved berries and cream. Now, the original UK version does not have James Earl Jones. He was added for this version of the film to clean up basically all the cuts that they made to kind of put this thing together Frankenstein style. The original voice actor is just like a French accent guy just saying like basically the same thing. He sings a little bit. It's really boring. Um, But James Earl Jones makes it infinitely better because it's James Earl Jones. We love him. Exactly, yeah. You need to know you can't sow what you know. Before Freddy the Frog, we have Frederick the Great, as he calls himself, who's literally the berries and cream. Um, Um, just this little foppish looking child wearing all of like this medieval stuff, and he just has magic powers. It's never really clear what his powers are. They're just kind of like whatever he wants to do at any given moment. Powers, basically. Yeah, he's a Mary Sue. He's a Mary Sue. He has like psychic powers sometimes, and sometimes he has like just straight up magics other times. It's not very clear. And he's bland otherwise. He has no fucking personality. 
<laughs> no, he's a very horrible kid, like literally pulled out from like a generic coloring book. But not all is great in the magical kingdom of France. <laughs> <laughs> Young Frederick has a jealous aunt. Messina, totally a real name. Voiced by Billy Whitelaw. She is a evil snake lady. She has the power to just like do snake things, I guess. <laughs> She's the best part of this movie. I will say Oh, that. for sure. I'm about to go on a rant. When it comes to the snake treatment in this film. This film is anti-snake propaganda. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but when she appears as the snake and, you know, has the horse kill the kid's dad, the narrator's like... And even in his moment of grief, Frederick knew something was not right. For an animal as hideous as a snake had never been seen in the royal forest before. Fuck you, movie. Fuck <laughs> it's you. adorable. Well, yeah, what is the biodome of magical France where they just, like, don't like snakes or just not allowed with, within this ecosystem? What? What's yes. wrong with snakes? Snakes are important. Snakes are cute. Snakes are good. I like snakes. They're my favorite animals. So, yeah, forgive me for being mad about the snake slander. I want to talk about that scene real quick of the snakes scaring the horse because, like, it really just seems like the horse just kind of gets slightly startled and then he just, like, falls down, like, four feet <laughs> and just dies. It's <laughs> magical parent dying syndrome. Like, he's never ridden a horse before or something. For like, <laughs> the snake didn't even, like, bite the horse. It just went up and went, like, man, and then, like, slithered <laughs> away. And that, that was enough to kill the father. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, and it killed him because the dude was born with glass bones and paper skin. <laughs> oh, yeah, he had that Sam Jackson and unbreakable disease. Uh, they don't tell you about that. Madeline, you mentioned Biodome. If this movie came even more Americanized, I have a feeling that the horse would have been voiced by Pauly Shore or something. Oh, God. He would. If they had to add more voices to this film, like, Pauly Shore would have gotten a call for sure. Brogther, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got the whole world to see. Hey, babe, looks like you got a frog over there. <laughs> As frog with a bit of an accent. This backstory is so tonally out of place, too, because it almost feels like it's not as emotionally heavy as it should be. Well, it becomes a different movie after this introduction, because as we see, after the snake slightly startles his father to death, the boy gets adopted by the ant, and the ant is like, this is my time to kill him, and she does so in like the most dramatic, easily dodgeable way possible. And she decides to turn him into a frog in order to kill him yeah i've watched this film a million times and i cannot understand this scene because it looks like what she wants to do is to kill this child but when she has him in her sights like about to lock on she turns him into a frog so she can like capture him in like a vase or something and i'm just thinking like yeah of course like turn him into a frog the famously easy to catch animal yeah that you know <laughs> Like, why? What is happening? Speaking as a person who has spent a lot of time near ponds and marshes, I'm going to tell you right now, frogs are probably one of the hardest fucking animals to catch on the planet. As someone who was once a child, I can tell you, yes, frogs are hard to catch. Uh, <laughs> also, why is Freddy so hesitant about jumping into the moat? You're a fucking frog. In real life, if you jump from that distance, like you would probably die. But this is a cartoon. Freddy doesn't know he has cartoon logic and he'll survive it. <laughs> um, but, so like he jumps into the water again because like the queen has an insane plan. She just as a snake just goes into the water, becomes the water snake for a little bit to try and eat Freddy at this point. We don't know this until like later, but she can turn into like other things as well. Um, but I guess at this point she can't because like, why isn't she just like turn into like a shark or some, I don't fucking like, there's a lot of things you could become <laughs> to like kill this frog. And you're just like a still just like a snake. So as I've said, my favorite animals are snakes and my favorite mm -hmm. snake would be the King Cobra. Mm -hmm. That is what she is clearly a yep. King Cobra. As far as I know, King Cobras cannot swim like that. <laughs> They just yeah. float across the water and they usually don't spend a lot of time there. Right, but what if they're magic snakes from France? That, that might be different True. if it's... What if they're magical French snakes? What That's if they're the magical French snakes that are supposed to be from India? 
Magical French snake sounds so horny. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this movie is a fetish movie. Yeah, you don't know the half of it. Um, <laughs> while Freddy has tried to escape, he gets uh, saved by the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, Nessie. Yeah. yeah, Nessie, who's supposed to be in Scotland. Who ends up in France, as you do. Either that, or during this fight, maybe they ended up in Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, the way they were setting Nessie's first appearance up, you kind of assume that they're gonna get into, like, a duo shenanigan thing and go on, like, some sort of trip, but then she kind of just disappears? Yeah, she disappears from the movie. They have, like, a little one-on-one, like, hey, I'm a magical prince frog, and Ellie's like, yeah, sure, glug, glug. I don't know how to explain it. She gave me the vibes of Longclaw, and, like, she has as as much screen time as Longclaw did in the first Sonic movie, too, so... (laughs) Imagine if, like, out of nowhere, Longclaw showed up and just beat the fucking shit out of Eggman while Sonic watches. (laughs) Yes! So cool. So cool. So then Freddy escapes and he goes into a swampy marsh where he. No, de- okay, you're skipping something first. He uh, catapults himself into space. <laughs> and then. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. And lands in where I guess is like uh, Louisiana or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck did he get the space yeah we've skipped from like i guess medieval times to now like louisiana in the 1940s like yeah a jazz time yeah (laughs) i gotta say that this sequence was the only one i truly enjoyed because it feels like i'm just watching like a bunch of mark davis vignettes from like some disney ride that never came so you know how tony baxter got the idea for legendary disney ride splash mountain from that shitty little okie finoki ride in six flags i think (laughs) this has to be the equivalent of where they got the idea for the princess and the frog oh without oh yeah oh yeah somebody was a big fan of freddy the frog Disney, I know you're still working on that Princess and the Frog uh, redesign. Put Freddy in your ride. Yes. yes. Freddy the Frog and the Princess <laughs> and the Frog. I will forgive all of your sins. I will. <laughs> I will ride that 20,000 times. Fuck yeah. If you just put, just put Freddy, just put a frog with like a hat and a scarf in the background somewhere. You don't even have to say it's Freddy. Yes. Just have that scene. I will love you forever. Please. Exactly. You think Universal is going to admit that that's something that you stole from them? <laughs> they're going to tell people that this is our intellectual property? I can't <laughs> Let alone the fact that Universal probably won't remember who Freddy the Frog <laughs> even is. It would be the same exact energy as when the Little Mermaid ride put Mr. Limpet in the background on one of the scenes. Oh, God, yeah. They this sequence of them in Louisiana and, and the following sequence where they're like playing in the snow. It gave me this idea that like basically every idea was accepted. If you could storyboard something, it was just going to be in the movie. Like just the, no idea was considered a bad idea. Just everything, just throw it in there. <laughs> you know what my intro uh, was referencing? The thing that frogs are supposed to be doing in the winter time. Yeah, freezing themselves. Uh, I was reading when you were like messaging the group while watching the film, and I'm like, if you have a problem with this, strap in. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the least of the problems. Is like, uh, like, uh, excuse me, uh, the frog, uh, the frog anatomy actually wouldn't have them uh, playing in the snow. And like, oh my god, you're not even fucking there in this movie. <laughs> Oh my god, this this, play, this movie goes places. Also, so Freddy's backstory for when he starts joining the spy organization, they don't even show him actually doing all the defeats. They just show the news articles and then him driving badly. No, what they literally do is they have James Earl Jones just like to a bunch of cheaply painted backgrounds be like, And this frog could time travel and he was magic and a secret agent. And he went to Vietnam. Some frogs were born, made to wave the flag. Woo, that red, white, and blue. <laughs> They're turning the freaking frog spies. I don't know. <laughs> and don't forget the fact that Freddy somehow grows to human size. He just decides that, I think. He's just like, I'm old now. I'm, I'm big. <laughs> <laughs> I could kick these other frogs' asses if I wanted to. 
and then we get the song right where he's like he's like i am not a frog and it's like yeah we know freddie we watched the beginning of the film you're a little boy it's fine like you don't have to convince us you're not a frog <laughs> i hate frog dysphoria i think it's really sad um <laughs> when frogs look in the mirror and they're like oh god i hate it oh you know? i am not a how do you say frog because he does because he says that all the fucking time <laughs> Thankfully, though, that there are a lot of people providing FFS, also known as facial frogonization surgery, to help a lot of these frogs uh, uh, live better lives, live more truer lives to themselves. So the frogs, we should talk about the fact that Ben Kingsley sounds like he's literally phoning in his dialogue. Ben Kingsley is committing a racism in this movie. Uh, He is just being like a French stereotype throughout (laughs) the film. A British man just like doing a horrendously offensive French accent. Uh, just throughout the whole movie. And, and he literally does that thing where it's like, you know, the stereotype of French people. They're like, say, oh, how do you say word? And it's like, yes. Uh, Brittany, uh, do you have an extra, how do you say, hair tie? Why do you say, how do you say before words you clearly know how to say? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's like literally doing just like Pepe Le Pew shit throughout yeah. this whole movie. It's awful. He becomes a spy. You think they're going to do something cool like maybe <laughs> Lupin the Third style or something, but no, they just make it so boring and badly animated. And also the ADR in this movie sounds like shit. So here's another change from the original. The, the, in the original movie, I kid you not, the movie opens with Freddy as a full-grown adult driving his magic woman car. <laughs> Is his car is just like a hot frog woman. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no explanation as to why that is or how he got the right. car. She's just there. The movie opens up with this. Like, all of that stuff in, that we're seeing now with, with him driving around, that's how the film opens. With that horrible song and him just driving around, he ends up as an apartment and, like, looks at his, like, his own little tadpole pond. And he just is remembering his time. And that's when we see him as a kid. So it makes even less sense because, yeah. like, we you see know. him as a full-grown frog. Then we go back to him doing this. And then we go back to the present. This film is just like, no, we are not doing that. Let's just cut all of that stuff out. Possibly enough, Magic Woman Car is actually the name of my B-52's tribute band. <laughs> yeah. Magic Woman Car. <laughs> magic Woman Car. She was bigger than a tadpole. <laughs> <laughs> also, why the fuck is everybody making a big damn deal about Freddy when talking crows exist in this universe and apparently talking cars? It's what? Oh my god, the crows, the crows. Not just talking crows, talking punk leather daddy crows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this film takes place, could be anywhere from like the 1600s to like 3000 AD. You know, I have no idea when anything takes place. We've been watching this movie for a while and we're like, um, what's missing from this film? Oh, right, a plot. So English monuments are being stolen across the UK. Oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And we'll I'm get not, to that, yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. reference it. I'm not going to reference it. I'm not going to reference it. Reference what? I'm holding it. I'm holding it in. I'm holding it in. I'm holding it in. Is it 9-11 related? Oh my God. This is literally just like 9-11. We got landmarks disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be the only one who heard that newscaster say. None other than Nelson's I think I heard that too. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I was kind of just listening to it in the background and then I heard that and I fucking cocked my head. I was that like, That has what? the energy of, well, what's that got to do with my knob from bed knobs and broomsticks? <laughs> just, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Here's something interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, Chris brought this up when we, cause we watched it together. Cause I, I dragged him along to see this with me. We are so sorry. <laughs> Chris has been to England. He's been like all over the world. And he said that the crows at that scene is a reference to that specific landmark. I can't remember what it's called. It's like famous for having a lot of crows. Huh, like, okay. so if you were like a UK person watching, you would get that reference. You'd be like, oh, that's where all the crows are. Uh, what we don't know, however, uh, at least us, is that in the original version of this film, the crows 
had different voices. This was a dub over of the original voices oh, yeah, of the yeah. crows. Huh. And can you guess why they cut the original voices of these crows? Were they racist? Oh god. They were literally just dumbo crows. Oh, yes. No! Oh. oh. They were literally like, "Hey daddy, oh, what's going?" I'm not even kidding. Like oh. literally just like black stereotypes Yikes. in the original. <laughs> oh, oh god 90s i wrote somewhere in my notes oh man i'm so glad these aren't the dumbo uh, crows but they are the dumbo crows but all of that was literally just like racial uh stereotypes of black people before they changed it why did anybody think this was okay from dumbo to the 90s no one learns anything i forgot one of those crows was supposed to be a punk stereotype so initially i got so scared and thought oh no is that crow supposed to be an indigenous stereotype because uh, oh, the mohawk yeah no yeah i thought that crow was a gay stereotype <laughs> probably also true <laughs> so the, i guess the head of mi6 is like freaking out because they're losing all these monuments and i guess that's a problem like who gives a shit so they call i guess all of their secret agents are out of business including a 007 in hollywood ha ha wink, wink, <laughs> nut, nut. <laughs> okay yeah that did get a laugh out of me i will admit <laughs> okay <laughs> you're allowed that laugh that's when the crows come in and start yelling at them to like fix things and they're like okay we're gonna get rance's best secret agent who is as we find out freddy also known as fro7 because again it's a james bond joke even though like it would make more sense for him to be like fro6 because the seven doesn't look like a g (laughs) these jokes not only do they not work they're just bad puns they're not even real puns yeah like nothing here there's nothing here Freddy comes in and he's like, everyone's like, oh my God, he's a giant talking frog. They make some joke about like, just to warn you there, he's a frog. <laughs> That's no way to talk about our loyal French allies. Um, even though this movie is about a literal French man who is a frog and has a horrifically offensive accent. <laughs> they say a couple of other French slurs in the original. Those are cut out. Oh, I can't remember what they are off of the top of my head, but that scene's a little longer. The animation quality at first looked like good times with the budget of Don Bluth. And then immediately when this frog becomes a fucking adult, it's like good times with the budget of good times again. Yep. It's just. It's a mess. It's awful. Oh, it's awful. Uh, it, it's absolutely awful. At this point, you've probably noticed that there's just random shots of just this man acting like suspicious. Yeah. Um, uh, this guy who's just doing like that evil hand thing and just being like, Yee! you know, kind of person. Yeah. So this man who I always thought was fascinating because it's just random shots of him being like weird. He turns out he is supposed to be a bad guy. In the original film, it's revealed that he is like a double agent. But they cut it because that plot line goes nowhere in the original film. <laughs> he literally, like, there's a scene where it's, like, revealed he has, like, a snake tattoo. And then you don't see him again until the end of the film when he's being arrested for being a double agent. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> so they just cut it. That subplot just doesn't happen in this film. Uh, because there is no subplot in the original film. It, it drives me insane. So anyway, we so we gotta move. We gotta move forward. I know. I know. We gotta move yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. He goes into the basement. You know, James Bond has the guy. I think it's a Q, right? That makes yeah. all these gadgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is like that version of that. There's this woman doing karate. You can also like control bugs or something. I was confused by that because um, <laughs> it's never brought up again. <laughs> but she just like. Yeah. And I guess her and Freddy have a thing. In the original, it's much more explicit. This is all the double entendre stuff because there is just the most uncomfortable, like, flirting between Freddy and this woman. Like, almost immediately, there is a scene where, I kid you not, she, like, literally flashes Freddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know what else this scene could be, but she just, like, moves her karate outfit, like, to, to expose herself. God, what I, the fuck? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I need a moment. What? Disgustingly horny, this, this film. It's, it's so bad. Daffers gets nothing to do in this movie other than be horny. That's it. And it's so insulting. They just straight up hate women in the original film. They don't like them here they either. They more sexist? 
it got more sexist. There is a scene, I shit you not, where Freddy's woman car gets jealous of the karate lady and, like, uses her car door to smack her on the butt because she's jealous of her. Who Who is this movie for? No one. I need an adult. It's for a very specific I, kind of pervert that I, I don't think exists adult. anymore. I just... <laughs> I... There's probably a fucking deviant art for Masita. If people remembered this film, there would be a lot more porn of it, I think, yeah. <laughs> Famously, nobody saw it. It was a box office bomb. Nobody watched this movie. <laughs> I can't believe that the original version of the movie that I haven't seen has broken me more than the version I have seen of the movie. <laughs> like, kudos to everyone involved with this movie for doing that the original has a lot more like fucked up stuff but it's also really boring like the 20 or so minutes they cut out of this film feel like an hour like i was falling asleep watching the original because like the the scenes that we have here just go on forever like they just do not end it's so boring but this one like they cut it in such a way that the whole film just feels like manic and insane and it makes it a lot more entertaining to watch also what was the point of el supremo like why not just make messina the only villain because el supremo was boring as shit oh you're referring to the main villain who's just a heavy set gentleman with an evil goatee from like the star trek beer verse he's just magical stromboli he has a pet. He has a very familiar looking pet uh, of a red snake yep. with a with a crown. Where have we seen her before? I thought they were a thing. I thought they were a thing. I thought they were. The fucking- original makes that explicit. There is another sequence of the snake lady uh, getting jealous again of the karate lady because uh. like the fucking El Supremo gets way too close and comfortable with this woman. It's a huge, huge fucking problem. A bunch of nothing scenes happen, including like them going to a horse race where just nothing happens. And he has this fight sequence with these goons that is like literally he just punches them and then just leaves. It's the worst fight scene I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's when they find out that they're going to steal Big Ben. So they go into Big Ben so they can like get a ride up. And that's when they play the Evil Mania song that I guess is in a bunch of YouTube poops yeah. I've never seen. That's the best <laughs> song ever, by the way. <laughs> best song. Yep. It is, but there are some skeletons in the closet. Oh dear. Oh boy. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about those racial issues oh, with no. the film? No. <laughs> I am the queen of Freddy the Frog scholar. Nice. If anything, that's my evil mania. The original version of this song is just a standalone song. It's really boring, but there is uh, a bunch of scenes of both Nazis and Ku Klux Klan oh, members. What? Yeah, I... Jesus Christ, England! <laughs> Remember, when this movie was first released in America, it was rated G. What the fuck? G. And it's not like they're blink and you'll miss it shots of KKK members. They're like featured pretty prominently throughout the song. They're all over the place. It's awesome. It's great. Out the window. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping out the window. Bye. So this movie is basically G-rated Fritz the Cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I was going to argue against you, but now that I think about it, you are correct. <laughs> this is actually, this is G-rated Fritz the God, Cat. God, for real. It's... Uh, Who asked for this? How? What bedtime stories are you telling your kid, you weirdo? Your mother's a fucking bitch, this woman. Let me tell you about how these, these, these dames keep <laughs> trying, to, trying to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> so his plan is to steal all of the monuments, and somehow he is going to take out the historical energy of these monuments to, like, put the country to sleep. Because he's going to take out, like, I don't know, the national identity. So what he's going to do is he's going to use the power of imperial generational trauma to destroy the world, I guess. Feels like it should work, but they don't do anything with it. 
<laughs> this movie runs like a like a tourist ad for England, where it's like all of our greatest positive moments, like these monuments to colonialism, are all of the good memories. Like, are they? Like, how many good memories are in the Queen's Palace? Why is the Queen so nonchalant about the entire Buckingham Palace? Just bye bye. Tough broad, that Queen. <laughs> I'd be all for destroying all those monuments. All those monuments were built by imperialism, for fuck's sake. Yeah, but he's destroying these imperialist monuments only to imperialize the whole world. Yeah, because his plan is that he's going to put England to sleep and then, like, invade with hundreds of submarines. And I remember thinking, like, you could probably just do that now. (laughs) You know? (laughs) This is the UK in, like, what, the 60s and 70s? Like, I think you're fine. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's... It's not like you're invading the United States. Like, I think you could just... Take <laughs> It's before Thatcher existed. No, they'll just be like, oh, bloody hell, while buildings have gone mm-hmm. and up and away, it is. <laughs> Like, I, I think you got it. They get sentenced to, like, death by water encrypted. Because <laughs> this evil island is where, like, monsters live. And Freddy, who's underwater with his friend, instead of using his magic powers to help them escape, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to just, like, wake up my friend in another country. And she's going to help us, even though, like, he could have just broken him out. So Nessie comes back. Finally, we get a payoff. I use big air quotes when I say payoff. To this opening sequence of with with Nessie, she comes in, scares all the monsters away. Quick question: Does anyone remember Nessie even being a thing? Because nope. I completely blanked her out until you just met- mentioned her yeah. again. Yeah, so did the film. The film did. <laughs> she just shows up. Also, Freddie let that guy drown for nearly five minutes before he finally called Nessie. So what the fuck, Freddie? Freddie is an asshole in this movie. Freddy is a jerk. He is horrible. He is not a good person. Not a good frog. I mean, 007 has done worse. Mm-hmm. So Freddy sucks. He sucks. The, the karate girl when she's being dragged away, she's like, Freddy! Yeah, fuck that other guy, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. This underwater scene also has some edits from the original version, which, uh, would you guess, a lot more homophobia in the original version. Because of oh, course no. there was. Oh, no. Because they do that, like, breathe air kiss. There's just a bunch of no homo jokes. Jesus Christ. Oh. This will be our secret. I won't tell anyone you know, that we did this. Two guys uh, helping each other live <laughs> and not dying to... <laughs> Again, question for the director. What kind of fucking bedtime stories were you telling that kid? (laughs) I said that this man never did anything else, but I haven't, like, actually checked out any, like, InfoWars or, like, um, Daily Wire. Oh, no. Maybe maybe he has another career that I just don't know about. Oh, dear. Ugh. And also just, how did they manage to make sea creatures fighting Nazis so fucking boring? Yeah, they just wrap up the submarine with like coral and that's it. That's like the end of it. There's a song number that has nothing to do with the rest of the film. It's just like, we got to do that little mermaid sequence. You know, that's what the kids want. If you want to see a good movie involving frogs killing Nazis, go watch the Muppets and Walt Disney yes! World. Yes! Oh. There you go. I don't believe in violence. I don't believe in violence. Also, Scotty's supposed to be good with guns, but he defeats all of them with a whoopee cushion? Why? He has a lot more guns in the original film, but they cut it for the PG rating. Because of course they did. There's a lot lot more bullets. There's a scene in the laboratory where a giant machine gun just comes out and starts shooting, like, everything. God. They decide to infiltrate the base or whatever the fuck they do. I can't remember. It's so boring. You have to understand how boring this film is, audience. This is so boring. How is a movie this batshit, this boring at the same time? It really is. That's an accomplishment. I gotta hand it to you. It's so bad. Let's just skip to the ending. Yeah, let's. They do a bunch of shit. The end. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) There's a fight scene because it's revealed that the snake lady was the snake lady the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, gasp. 
<laughs> and so she and the frog have possibly the worst magical battle I've ever seen. She can transform into animals, but apparently all these animals suck, I guess. It's kind of like they somehow found a way to make, like, the fucking magical duel and Sword of the Stone worse. There's a scene where she just, like, turns into a scorpion and, like, Freddy's, like, not squishing her. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be anticlimactic, don't get me wrong, but it would be the right kind of anticlimactic. At some point, like, she goes to her tried and true snake, like, look, if, if it ain't broke, or if it hasn't worked once, then don't fix it. <laughs> um, it turns into a snake, does the Aladdin thing where he's choking him, and he remembers what his magical French king father said, which like, hey, don't worry about it, just, just do it. And <laughs> so he does, and he just, like, uh, magics her away, and she's defeated. And that's it. They bring all the landmarks back. They threaten a sequel. There's <laughs> where they say he's going to go to America. The original uh, magic fight actually ends with a cliffhanger where she escapes. And the idea for the sequel was that he was going to go to America and finish the job. They did not greenlight the sequel. Heaven knows why. Heaven knows why. If they're still going with uh, stealing landmarks, it would have aged bad. Yeah. <laughs> we would have just let them keep them. Yes. Like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> just keep all these fucking statues. <laughs> we have stolen all of your Confederate statues. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you're supposed to be traumatized or whatever. I don't know. What would they steal from America? Like, I don't know. One of those, like, cool-looking rocks from, like, Vermont or something? We like, stole the World Trade Center. Aw. They would have absolutely <laughs> stolen the World Trade Center. I That as if that yeah. definitely would have happened if the sequel was greenlit. That gets canceled and the movie's just over. And James Earl Jones comes back and says, hey, that was a movie, wasn't it? And then it's, it's done. <laughs> Indeed it was. Well, we conned you fuckers. We're not even proposing the question. Just burn the fucking thing. Burn. Burn it. You know, I've had several almost burns this year. Like, I almost gave a burn to Earth Day at Walt Disney World. I almost gave a burn to frickin' Rainbow Bright, but then I decided to ultimately keep the tapes on that. This, no, fucking burn. Burn, 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 burn. This was bad. All right, Randy. Just burn it. I've been burning left and right, and you know what? Yeah, burn it. Just, just burn this fucking thing. I love trippy-ass animated movies, but this was just boring. Good God. This literally felt like it was like some sort of Wonder Park type thing where it was like a movie pilot to a TV show. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, it's not as bad as Wonder Park. I'll say that much. You know what? If you want to find out more about Wonder Park, my brother who died two years ago is on a Tony Goldmark video talking about Wonder Park. Yeah, I'm so sorry if you're lost. Yeah. Yeah, I know. My brother slash cousin with a forgotten name was on a YouTube video with Tony Goldmar talking about Wonder Park. But he oh. uh, he died due to uh, Stampede. Uh, we don't like to talk about it. Oh. But yeah, you can check out his opinions if, if you'd like to know. Oh, God. Wonder <laughs> Park is bad. Yeah. It is. Uh... It is. <sighs> I am so glad they canceled that series for it because good God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I got to burn it also. In 1995, there weren't a lot of trans representations in media, but now there, there's a lot more. So you don't have to watch a film about a young French boy turning into Just a frog. Just watch Rocco's Modern Life statically. Just watch Rocco's Modern Life. Exactly. There's a little trans exactly. frog. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to have metaphor anymore. It's it's right there. Um, Yeah, as much as I have fond memories of this film, it is horrible it's awful you know what we'll always have a uh, magical paris we'll always have magical That's paris awesome. yes. we'll keep those memories but there is no reason for anyone to watch this film except unless you're gonna make a youtube poop of it which <laughs> get there yeah do it someone do, do it. it there's a lot of great out of context moments especially in the original cut there's a lot of creepy frog on human oh, lady God. flirting if you want that <laughs> um there's a lot of there's a lot of creepy <laughs> frog on car flirting if you want that <laughs> <laughs> but no i'm burning it yeah this film sucks yeah no, it, it's it's quite bad um, it did yeah. one good yeah. thing now let's kill it yay huzzah it helped make one trans girl's life a little easier Aww, that's awesome. <laughs> pretty sure no no other person watched this film yeah no other, i mean i could have also just watched rockadoodle you know yeah, like exactly. it, it's not like oh freddie the frog got mandela affected and now i'm not trans like no 
I think I would have gotten there anyway. Also, I'm now so disappointed that the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3 didn't have him be revealed to be Freddy as FRO7. <laughs> yeah. And again, Disney, I'm telling you, put it in Princess in the Frog yes. Ride. Put Freddy in there. <laughs> Literally, just a, a frog with a scarf and a little little French cap. Just put him, put him in there. All right. So, oh, Madeline, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so nice like, meeting you. Thank this you so awesome. much for having me. I'm so sorry I made you watch this Aww. film. I don't <laughs> think sorry. I've ever no laughed worries. harder during a recording, if I'm being This honest. was fun. So, hey, we <laughs> <you> got that. <laughs> yeah, is there anything you want to plug? You can follow me on Twitter at FriendlyCatWife. You can check out my now-finished podcast that I did with uh, Chris Nebergall, Land Before Timeland. Hell yeah. We've recorded part of the sequel series, which will come come out i guess at some point that's going to be on the airbud oh man oh you gotta have a song from one of those we got some cool guests lined up for that one too that we've got some good episodes of that you can check out uh my really old stuff with chris remain seated with chris nebergall was our youtube show that i'm still pretty proud of yeah that was a great show thank you yeah i produced that with him so you can check that out i'm working on music follow me on twitter you can get updates on my solo album and stuff so check hey heck yeah all right you can find me on the usual social medias mission breakout twitter discord you can find me uh walking pun on instagram you can find me on my art twitter muppet vision underscore 3d and you can find me stealing all the world's monuments and then figuring out how to shrink everybody i don't know Uh, you can find me over at Cosmic Rewind on Twitter, replace the E with a 3. You can find me on YouTube by the same name. You can find me on uh, pretty much all the aforementioned podcasts that Kit was on. And you can find me trying to collect the shattered pieces of my soul now that I have seen Freddy the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and as for me, you can find me on Twitter at the usual spots, TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram. As for the podcast, you can find us on channel underscore KRT on Twitter, channel KRT podcast on Instagram, all one word. You can also find our Discord server and our Facebook group and the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, be sure to like and subscribe on our YouTube page, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, anything that helps us get noticed by the algorithm. And if you want to help support us even further, Further, you can also check us out on Patreon, where we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience, whether it be a work-in-progress episode or a finished cut.